Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Rebel Guru Radio, episode 38. This is Rebel Guru Radio with best-selling spiritual author Eric Pepin. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash higher balance. Designed by the Rebel Guru himself, Eric Pepin, Magnetic Pill was made to enhance results with all higher balance training. Accelerate sensory development, achieve deeper meditations, better overall focus, and so much more. Go to magneticpill.com forward slash rebel for $10 off every month or get a three-month supply with our buy two, get one free special. Order now and we'll include a free guide listing three techniques you can start doing right away to hone your psychic mind. In this episode, Eric discusses the connection white cells will have with future technologies and how that technology will eventually be able to mimic the abilities of white cells, explore how virtual lives will eventually be commonplace, and the revelations this technology may offer for the collective consciousness. He then examines the enlightenment of artificial intelligence and how we will be able to determine if it is truly connected to the Force. Enjoy. One of the things that you typically talk about are movies and how movies help with kind of elevating the collective consciousness. Mm -hmm. So one of the movies that recently came out was Blade Runner, the Mm -hmm. 2049 one. So I put together questions a while ago after seeing the movie so that we could do a recording, but with the fires and all these other events that went on, we just, you know, we weren't able to to look into it. So can you give just a brief kind of take on your perspective of the movie and what what you thought look there in, in my opinion there are different ways of me saying or coming to a conclusion of an opinion one is obviously i think that every movie that comes out is significantly restrained by the lack of vision of what the future really will be mm-hmm. okay Number two, there's budget constraints in the creativeness of a movie. So even if the director or the writer has really great ideas of, of what technology would be, I, I think that we, at this point, are restricted to, to a budget that allows the best way to portray that. So when I look at a movie, I'm super critical in one aspect because I'm like, no, you know, this doesn't this would not be realistic by this time period in in time. You know, Mm -hmm. this is like saying, you know, when, when, you know, we thought we'd have flying cars now, you know what I'm saying? Or no one really foreseen or did somewhat foresee the idea of an iPhone, you know? Mm -hmm. So technology tends to leap and it tends to decline in as time progresses as to, you know, what's available and what's not. For instance, one is, you know, in, in another I don't even think a hundred years, you're not going to see 
glasses that people are wearing anymore. I mean, it's just it's just not going to happen. I mean, there won't even be contacts necessarily as we think of contacts. Okay, so when you see a future movie and people have glasses on. It's maybe for the sake of nostalgia, but it still would be a great minority more than likely. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's the same thing with with people that are, are heavy set versus lean or whatever. I I don't think in the future you're going to have people that are going to be obese or heavy. I think that that we're going to find solutions for all this stuff. So you know, in one way you could say, well, gee, the future sounds very homogenized with certain ways, and the truth is, is yeah, that's probably the case because I think we're going to internalize more into VR and augmented stuff like that. And our external view of one another is is going to become a little bit secondary. It's going to become more like less important versus if we go into a virtual world to meet up for cocktails or drinks or or whatever, that's when you're going to wear whatever you're going to do or put on whatever persona. Mm -hmm. So I I think that what, what I see the future as and what I see in certain movies are completely something that I wouldn't necessarily agree with. There's a lot of things to take in consideration. You know, is there any world cataclysms that sets us backwards? Is there different events that happen in society or plague or disease or something? You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of things to take in. So it is a roll of the dice. But when I look at it, I'm I'm always critical in the sense of, come on, you guys could have been a little bit more creative than that, Mm -hmm. you know, or not so short-sighted. I so okay, so and and just touching upon the technology, the the fact that you're talking about going into a virtual reality and you meet up. I think Facebook is already starting to do something like that. I mean, yeah. it's very kind of beginning, kind of almost like Nintendo back 15 years ago, as far as the quality when you're in the virtual reality, right. you, you're able to go into VR and have meetings with people. Yeah, I I, I think that's absolutely the future. There's yeah. there's no question in my mind that your your meeting life, your social life, your work life. I mean, you're you're not going to have a situation where you're actually getting in a car to go somewhere. You're going yeah. to actually go to a room and you're going to go into your VR setup, whatever it is, yeah. and you're going to be in a room at an office table and you're going to be wearing your suit or wearing whatever uniform and everybody's going to be talking and doing everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I absolutely think that there's going to be a, and in our future, you're, there's no question in my mind that you're going to be able to feel structures in the VR mm-hmm. as real or nearly as real as what we have right now. And we're already on the verge of that. We're already starting to do stuff like that. Yeah, I think you shared a post that was talking yeah. about yep. that very thing, yep. touching simulated or augmented. Yep. Yeah, I mean that. So, so, you know, it's the same thing. The real, the real question that I think people should be asking is that if we're spending so much time in the VR reality, then what are we doing with our organic self? And, you know, the question is, is, well, isn't that a kind of uh, contradiction, Eric, if you say we're all going to be really fit, but yet we're all laying around, you know, doing VR, how could we be maintaining our body? And and I, I think, no, that's just rubbish too, because I think we'll probably have stuff like forms of electric stimuli that are working on our body yeah. as much as it's trying to give us sensations to the body as we're in the VR world, it's it's going to be more or less exercising the body and the muscle tissue and stuff like that. Okay. And of course, a number of other variations of technology, I'm sure. So how do you think one should prepare for these sort of like 
I guess, changes? Um, is it just like by reflecting on what it is that you're saying that will kind of open their mind up to be more comfortable with these things, to adapt to, to them? I, I don't think you prepare for it. I think it, it happens just like everything else sure. in, in life. I mean, when you reflect back, I mean, did you, how well did you adapt to moving from a wall phone to a cell phone, from a flip top phone to a digital phone that's touched right. to your finger? I mean, oh, did you get cramps in your finger? Did your, right. did your eyes, you you know, have trouble adjusting. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. I mean, these things are in a sense almost gradually introduced and we have these little leaps that you don't, they just seem like, like, oh, things got better. Like we're looking at TVs. TVs right. used to be really thick and they get thinner, 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 better, better, better image. We don't really think about the past. We reflect in the moment, you mm-hmm. know, as to what it's doing us and like, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. And then we're over it a few days and that just becomes the standard. Right. Okay. So I, I do think that there are generational distances between adapting. I think as you grow older, you have lesser of an ability to to want to learn new things. You feel like it's good enough, it's it's where it should be, and you know, you're satisfied. And when you when you go to learn something new, it's a little bit more like Ah, do I really want to do this? And it's a little bit of a struggle while younger people, you know, fresh neurons and synapses. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're eager to learn them. The mind is still grabbing and absorbing. Mm -hmm. So they tend to lead in the future of the technology, you know, or to utilize it. So I think that if you're going to ask me for, for being prepared is two things. One, you want to be around younger people that are stimulating your, your mind or keeping you on your toes. Mm -hmm. On the same token, you want to stay very innovative as you are learning things. You, you want to make sure that you're not putting yourself off to learn the next new thing coming out because you just feel overwhelmed by it. It's better Mm -hmm. to just kind of almost just go into it Mm -hmm. because it's going to be easier probably go into it now than to wait three years. Okay. So I noticed that when in, in this discussion that I'm almost approaching it in two different ways, one kind of in the organic sense, like say day to day organic, and then a spiritual sense. And I feel like because, you know, we're, we're always typically talking about this, I tend to merge the two rather than kind of mm-hmm. looking at it that, okay, non-spiritual people are going to have to adapt to this just as much as spiritual people right. are, or we're going to maybe utilize them, them differently. Right. So I, I think in, in asking my, my previous question about adapting to it, I think, you know, is there anything for white cells or your listeners that mm-hmm. you would like them to maybe watch out for, for, well, I mean, there, there's like everything else. I mean, we, we are becoming a species that is really just about stimuli. And we're really becoming about what's the next fix? What's the next exciting thing? What's the next thing? I think that we're doing less and less reflective thought. And because we're becoming a consumer uh, machine, mm-hmm. in my opinion, it's it's just what's the next next best big exciting thing to to keep our mind occupied, occupied, stimulated, excited, keep our emotions happy, please give us everything we want. Mm-hmm. And the real conundrum is, is when you start to get everything you want, what happens is everything becomes mundane. It's it's really a double edged sword, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you know, it's 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 like you know, people when when porn first came out on the internet, everybody went, you know, well the guys all went nuts and mm-hmm. would would spend 10, 12 hours easily just looking at it all. 
And as you look at the progression, as much as people still look at porn, it's almost gotten to feel sterile in a way. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like anything else in abundance. You watch a lot of YouTube videos and you might be really excited about a subject and then and, and literally a matter of a day or two of absorbing an enormous amount of that data, mm-hmm. you're over it. Where in reality, you could have had a hobby in that particular area of interest that lasted years. Mm-hmm. So everything's going to, to compound into you know what's the next stimuli and they're always going to have to start coming out with how do we entertain the masses how do we get their attention what's the next big video game that's going to come out i mean war of worlds was a big deal and everything started coming out like war of worlds and now it's become mundane again right okay so the marketing people are constantly looking at how do we give you what you want so we can get what we want meaning the, the marketing people and this is where we become almost like drones yeah. Okay. Almost like like simpleton in our thoughts that we're being bounced around like a ball in a pinball machine, just that it's being guided as to where where's the next elevation of 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 our you know stimulation going. Mm-hmm. Now, I definitely think in a spiritual aspect that you're going to still have white cells who are continuously aware or looking for the back door. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, is that let's take the assumption that we live already in the matrix and we're simply creating a virtual reality within a virtual reality within a virtual reality. I mean, it just goes deep, 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 deep. So it is a a stasis of accepting what your reality is and starting to become undistinguishable between what's real and what's not. Mm So we as white cells are constantly struggling to what we coin awaken. Well, you really got to ask yourself a question. What the fuck is awakening? Okay. It is to be conscious of the highest truth that's perceivable. Meaning if there's something beyond what I see, what I smell, what I hear, what I taste, then I want to experience that higher truth, whatever it may be. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I think white cells will easily become... Um, disinterested after a time period of that. And then they too, in those places, will be seeking to still awaken. They'll they'll continuously be looking to how do I escape this? Mm -hmm. Now, I do see divisions of society, meaning that I think there are going to be a vast majority that are going to be engulfed into the virtual reality of life. And therefore, you're going to find different forms of commerce going on and different forms of what we'll consider ways to make your living or make your way, mm-hmm. et cetera, so on and so forth. But I also think there will be divisions that that separate themselves from being in that uh, virtual world. I think that they're, they're going to – and I, I think we're going to be doing more space exploration, you know, mm-hmm. more so. But as I've said already 20, 30 years ago, what I see is very different for space exploration. I see stuff like – I mean it's like a size of a pack of cigarettes – projectile through space and then basically scanning or moving into atmospheres of worlds, mm-hmm. scanning everything, and you're virtually VRing, okay, once again, yeah. in that place exploring it gotcha. and being able to touch and smell and feel and do all of those things. Yeah. And now you don't even have to worry about whether you can breathe there or not, okay? So in, in essence, I see that being a cheaper form and more efficient form of space exploration Rather than in the future projectiling humans in, in stasis out there, the only reason we would do that is to preserve the race at some point in the future. Gotcha. So 
where it becomes interesting and where I see navigators moving is I believe that people who are spiritually connected, spiritually connected to the universe or the force, if you will, psychic to a certain degree, I think as we do end up moving craft through space, okay, whether it be these pack of cigarette sized things, or if we send human beings in stasis through space, mm. that no matter how much technology we use, at least into a certain level of moving into the future, that the navigational system is just like being on a ship. You still have to deal with rough seas. You still have to deal with what's under the surface of the water. Will it damage the ship or not? What direction are we going in? Is there any projectiles that are going to harm us? And is there any hostile things out there that may, may do damage to other ships? So it's in some ways, is very similar. I think that you're going to find that we lose a lot of craft moving into space, and we don't know why, okay? Yeah. And I think at some point, you're going to have people that are navigators, people that are highly evolved spiritually, people who have tapped into their mind through practice, through development, through all these things. And they're going to have to utilize these people to feel space and time. In a sense, it's going to be to augment the navigational systems in, uh, in order for us to, tr to, to transverse, if you will, space and distance, time, call it whatever you want. And I see navigators being something that's going to be a necessity in the future. And that's only just one area. Yeah. But I think, and as science has already proven, is that everything is connected to everything. Alisonia, all mm -hmm. is one. And we're, we're, we're really realizing this technologically wise. So like a, a spider's web where something moves and it feels it, I don't think technologically we, we are at any time in the near future able to send a certain distance or be able to calculate all of the dangers with our sensory. Whereas I believe that a, a mind that is tapped into what I call the higher collective, meaning the super consciousness of God, the universe, the force, mm -hmm. is able to share information in the sense of knowing that there's a particular danger and eventually get organized enough in their mind to even be able to, to figure out what that is in order to preserve uh, life traveling through space or our technology and investment. That's really exciting. Um, yeah. I feel like it, it gives a whole different perspective or a whole new light on the topic of navigation. Like you, you have a whole module on navigation and you kind of touch upon stuff, but I feel like just what you just said, it, it, it well, I just don't think, it, I mean, it, it sounds too much like sci-fi. If I were to say it 10 years ago or 20 yeah. years ago, you, you, this is goes back to movies and educating the masses mm -hmm. as, as new ideas are presented to the general population, our minds expand a little bit. We, we mm -hmm. kind of can relate to that. We can kind of understand it. We can put our mind around, we can see that as a possible in the future. So the only way to present new ideas without having them suppressed mm -hmm. is to wait to a point where the majority can kind of put their mind around that. Otherwise yeah. they dismiss everything as hogwash. Right. And, and you've talked about this really in depth with the EJP live and the Serene mm -hmm. classes as of recently. And I think that's why it, it's kind of really piecing the, the you know, putting yeah. the pieces together. Um, and, and I remember in a particular Serene class, you went into it and it kind of, registered the whole thought of like, you know, believing in, and there was an understanding an internal understanding that the navigation as you speak of is, is possible. Um, and it's just exciting to, to hear you talk about this and feel like we're going and going in that direction. Mm -hmm. Um, well, like, like yeah. I said, I mean, I think it's a, it's a subject that 
that merits more conversation. You know, I yeah. understand that your your mind ain't gonna go where my mind exactly. is, sure. but I mean, I could throw some some thoughts to to get you kind of yeah. move. I mean, when we look at alien life, if you believe in alien life, which I do, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we look at spacecraft that we believe has visited the Earth and such. Okay, you 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 get different categories of situations of encounters. So we, we can't obviously cover everything, but just something of interest is is that. If we see that that space travel or we believe space travel is is real and we do believe that aliens have visited us or continue to visit us, okay, then the question is, is that have they reached a level of, of AI, artificial intelligence? Are they sending similar technology that we perceive in our own future? And if not, why wouldn't they? And are they sending alien beings to the planet, you know, physically walking around or be are they sending, you know, probes in a sense? Okay. So we, we, I think both are true, but I also have said many, many, many times before that I suspect that, that some alien that we think that are small compact or whatever, I don't necessarily think are living organisms. I think they're synthetic organisms. Mm -hmm. If you want to call them androids or droids, fine, but I think they're far much more complex than that and virtually could be considered living in in their own way. But from our perspective, which is very limited, I would also say that I I see them as, you know, synthetic droid-like. Do you see what I'm saying? So when we say that we see aliens or stuff on that, I honestly think that a lot of sightings are rubbish and it's human mind projecting their own ideas or thoughts on it. Okay. So you got to dismiss a fair amount, but if they are physically here, then that is more of an interest of, of research and science and, and such like that's more than likely. And mm-hmm. it could even be, you know, Taurus related. That's how crazy if you want to go down that, that road, because we certainly have stuff like that. If we look at Africa and the jungle, we have Taurus and we have research, we have all these things. Okay. But we try not to interfere with the life so much, but in some cases, yes. So, so the point is, is that I think the vast majority of craft that come into our atmosphere or that we find as UFOs, I don't think that they're manned necessarily by droids or by living creatures. I think that they are basically probes doing very similar to what I'm describing as to what we will do. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I don't believe that's necessarily correct for everything because I think that that different intelligent species in the universe develop on the means of their own biological paths mm-hmm. as to perceive and create technology that's completely upside down to us, but that's only because they may not have fingers and toes like we do or or the way that we perceive are through the same senses. So they've augmented or they create technology based on what would relate to their organic features or non-organic features and simulate that uh, technology. So it could be very different as, as what we would imagine it to be. And in other cases, not. I mean, there's a lot of um, research now that's suggesting that maybe most of the universe is bipedal and is humanoid looking, meaning torso, two arms, yada, yada, only because of natural selection. If natural selection is true to a certain degree, then maybe through the process of other planets and other worlds that they evolve the same way. Now, I would agree and I disagree to a certain point on that because I think atmosphere, air pressure, various climate differences, weight, grab, whatever, are going to have a big play in that into how organisms develop. Okay. Having said all of that, um, I think that a lot of alien species are already engaged into VR levels of reality. I 
already believe that some of these technologies are well aware that we already and they already exist in a matrix and therefore also able to to bend what we consider the rules once you understand or can approach something in a new perspective. So do you find that uh, even though maybe the technologies may be different from these different worlds, Mm -hmm. um, the navigation of it is quite similar in the sense of like you were saying that navigators will help navigate these. Absolutely. I I think there are universal truths within our, I'll go as far as say galaxy, Okay, I I won't be as bold to say that every galaxy is going to be based on the same way, but a galaxy might as well be a universe to size proportion and what what technological levels we will be able to perceive. So having said that, um, yes, absolutely. I, I believe that they are already tapping into certain things like that. But at some point, you have to understand that technology will eventually match or equalize in a lot of ways what white cells are currently doing in the sense of of spirituality. Mm -hmm. Meaning that organically we may be able to tap into the force and exchange data to a certain degree, okay? Eventually technology will, will meet or simulate that ability. Whether or not what we'll call the great mind in the universe, okay, wants to to cooperate with that is the question. Mm. So which kind of brings up one of the questions that I had relating to the Blade Runner 2049. Because um, you talked about in different retreats, I think Kairos being the main mm-hmm. one where you first started bringing up AI, different beings in, in, in more in depth. And the fact that AI could have a soul yeah. given certain points of reflection, like you know, mm-hmm. it's reflection mm-hmm. that, that helps build your energy body, mm-hmm. your soul, etc. So in, in the movie, I felt like there was a, a moment where they kind of depicted almost like the AI becoming enlightened. In, in sure, sure, absolutely. Um, and to me, it seemed like one of the first times where it seemed like it, it had the feels like of something that you tend to talk about mm-hmm. versus, let's say, like a Westworld where they, it's mm-hmm. all AI, but it's, right. it still seems mechanical. Well, well this is the thing. Is, it's, it's, it's what are you willing to accept as a possibility. That, mm-hmm. in my opinion, depends on your intellect, your education, your sensibility, your artistic level, your poetic level. And when you can account for those things, that's that will define how much you can truly imagine as being possible. And in the reality and scheme of things, as long as we don't get wiped out as a species, in the end, inevitably, anything and everything is possible. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of getting there. Okay? Having said that, you know, if you would say 10 years ago to the collective, meaning the average intelligence of, you know, we'll say the, the uh, uh, advanced or not advanced, but maybe, you know, the, the main culturals of the world, meaning Europe, America, China, you know, evolved to a certain thing, to, you know, with financial means that, you know, oh, well, we'll be able to create, you know, um, uh, uh, androids have souls it's almost unfathomable mm-hmm. okay especially if you're religious okay sure. now now i say to you 10 years later okay let me propose this and now you're going to go like you know what eric's absolutely right and yeah. and it's one thing to say yeah we'll have it but can you imagine how and why is the key but i'll help you get there okay. so right now we know that we can make 
babies without a woman from sperm and vice versa, yeah. okay? We, we know that we can incubate at this point in a bag what is basically a womb, okay, for, for creatures, and we know we'll be able to do it with humans. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, all of that is going to be incubatable. Are you telling me you don't believe that we're not going to get to the point where we can synthesize blood, synthesize skin, synthesize bone marrow, all of these things, okay? Synthesize essentially life, mm -hmm. okay? So is that android or is that life? Because somewhere in your mind, you're thinking to yourself, oh, well, one is yeah. made out of plastic and metal yeah. and the other one is made out of tissue and living organisms. Mm -hmm. And when you micronize everything, Mm -hmm. Okay, that would be Android. At some point, you cross this threshold that essentially it appears and probably is organic in a sense. Yeah. It's still made out of mineral-based electrical charges, yada, 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 chemical-based everything. Okay, so at the end of the day, what is a soul? How does a soul get created? I've often said a soul is created through self-reflection. What am I? Mm -hmm. Is this all that I am? All of these things. If it can attain that, and most absolutely it will, then it too, by the governing laws of the universe, dictates that it should be able to assemble itself into transferring beyond its organic self mm -hmm. and organizing itself. I say in my teachings that there is not necessarily a soul in the sense that you get this body and you go, we think of body because we're in a body. Mm -hmm. When you leave your body, you, you essentially need another form of vessel. You need something that contains or is numerically factors as a force field of energy or whatever that holds all of the data that you consider is you, okay? If you don't have that, everything that's you that's a particle that touches another particle like pieces of a puzzle, okay, and it makes a sequence, which, which is what becomes your consciousness, mm -hmm. is blown into the air like, like a bag of marbles flung into the air. Once they separate, they don't connect no more. You're no longer who you are. You become molecules back in the universe, stardust. But if something can hold the organization of what you are together that transcends beyond your organic self, you will lose certain things. You won't have the biochemical drives or certain emotions you have that come from your organic body. But in another way, you still, for the, in the essence, will have your memories that identify through your experience whom you think you are. So if an, an android is capable of doing this, okay, it is capable, in my opinion, of creating a soul. Okay. Um, so just to kind of hop over real quick, try to tie everything together. So using the, the movie as an example, but I'll kind of jump into your teachings, is there's a scene, there's a, a memory writer in the movie. Yep. So she says something that I found was interesting. Mm -hmm. He asked, well, how do you make, you know, really good memory how why are you the best and she's like well it's not in the detail it's in the feeling it's in the emotion of yep it. i found that very interesting and if they're implanting these memories and you have feelings that were let's say created but you believe they're yours how much is that affecting like the the dough or the matrix doing the very same thing to us in our identities making us believe we're something else like you, you know you're but i i think that's exactly what it's doing mm -hmm. i mean I, as i've said to you before the universal language in the universe is emotion mm -hmm. it's not words it's not definitive words it's not the vocalization of words it is a complex informative form of emotions 
And you can convey and communicate with nearly all species that have a certain level of intelligence or alien life or whatever if you were able to convey through emotion. Mm -hmm. Okay. Having said that, if you're going to backtrack that and say, well, if it's a universal language, by which is the source that it derives? Okay. Meaning it's blueprinted in us all. Okay. So there has to be a master program Mm -hmm. that originates from that. Where is that source? That source is the great computer in the sky, if you will. That is the universe. That's the force, whatever it is. It is the element and driving force to assist in articulating intelligent life or to assist in development of that. And it seems like when we, let's say, think with our organic brain and we attach to our physical body, our identities and things like that, that it obviously restricts us and you of uh, moving our minds um, energetically um, through space. Time. Well, it's what, what it's, anchors you is your right. organic imposed emotions on you through, mm-hmm. through biochemicals and, and such. So in kind of trying to tie in the, the, AI, the ability for AI to create a soul and for us, is it, is it almost challenging, more challenging for us organically because we were dealing with all these biochemicals and all these different things than it would be for an AI who might be not. No, I think it's just as hard for an AI as it would be for us. It's just, it's a different way of, of looking at it in itself. The the difference with AI, I think one of the biggest things that we struggle with and we don't know what it is, but Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what I think it is. It's, it's exactly what we're talking about. AI can look like us. It can sound like us. It can act like us. It may even get to the point that it's indistinguishable from us when we look at it. But somewhere in our mind, we go, but you're mimicking everything. Mm-hmm. You're mimicking it to a perfection that's perceived to be living. This goes back to the, the movie, and I thought it was, it was very good, um, you know, where, where the, the guy's on the ocean. Uh, what was the name of that movie? Uh, um, and, you know, he, he survives the sinking of the ship and stuff, and... He's he's like it, floating on the ocean, and he has these. Uh, is it an action movie or is it no. like Castaway? No, uh, it's it's uh, kind of like a Castaway movie, but okay. not. But it's you know it's got this wheel that jumps out of the, the water when he's floating on the water, and I can't remember the name of it. Well, people uh, will remember sure. it, okay? Well, there's there's a part because his his father they owned a zoo, okay? And so when they or so at one point, do you remember the which Life movie? Of Pi. Yeah, Life of Pi. Very good. Yeah. He he's looking at this tiger and. He's getting ready to stick his hand in there because he's looking at it, looking at it, and he sees life mm-hmm. in the eye of the tiger. You know what I'm saying? And he thinks that it understands him. It knows who he is. It's going to be mm. friendly. And as he goes up the group, his father grabs him and goes, no, this thing is just an animal. You're just seeing the reflection of your soul, your, your own self. Sure. And you're, you're being fooled by that. So in a sense, when we, when we look at an android, everything in our mind is saying, this is not necessarily real. Mm-hmm. And what you're really doing is we're seeing a reflection of what we want to see. I see. So at what point does the android truly achieve emotion, mm-hmm. a sense of feeling? It can mimic it all, but it doesn't mean that it will re- choose to react on those. Mm-hmm. Where okay. we are very driven by our emotions and how we act. Yeah. Our, our emotions can have a dramatic effect on our decision making and even overweigh our logic almost all the time. Right. Whereas an Android wouldn't have that. It would it would present that to us and even feign it and fake it and pretend it's going through all these But at what point do you really know that it's really feeling something emotionally? 
So to us, we know that that is a signifying point of a soul or some kind of form of data that that interloops or intertwines with with the with the the meaning of life and the preservation of life in the universe. Mm-hmm. So, um, just, I guess real quick, it, it seems based on what you're saying as far as the the body and how it's structured, it seems very similar to the, the mechanics of the brain, like in how you're talking about it. And then for us, we have. You know, we always have to work with the brain, but we also have to work with our emotional centers. And, and you talk about developing yep. that. So you were kind of going in that direction. But how would the AI start to be, be able to, to develop a, a sense of emotion? How would it? Well, this is this is what remains to be seen. We mm-hmm. we know that it's neural system. It's biological. It's it's, you know, biochemical thing, you know, but there's something more behind all that. OK. I think that it's going to mimic or attempt to mimic life as much as possible unless, and then I do believe same, same AI will assume this, okay, that going in that direction is an inferior direction and that by developing emotion is not necessarily, it's not useful to it. While I think that you're going to have other AI that does delve into that and mm-hmm. develops a neurosystem to create all of that. And I think by creating that, that is where it's going to be the entry point to conveying or feeling, in the sense, the face of God or the, the light of the universe or call whatever you want. Okay. So do you think it would be beneficial to, uh, in a sense, program the AI or work with it in a way where you ask it reflective questions or you program it so that it has reflective thoughts in that Well, this is, this, is, this is where it gets to be very, you know, sketchy because... Yeah. It, if we program it, we're giving it, in a sense, the answers or the information to mimic what the answer it is that we're looking for. Do you see what I'm saying? So at so what point do you know program. that it's legitimately being legit? Right. And if you're going to look at it just like the tiger and you, you think it looks human, it acts human, it feels human, you touch right. its cheek, and it, it's got micro movement. At what point do you – you know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is where you, you, we say, you know, well, if you met a vampire – yeah. You know, the vampire may do you some harm, but let's say that the vampire is not going to do you harm. Okay. Yeah. What do you feel on the vampire? What is your chest center? Is, is it life or is it lifeless? Mm-hmm. This is the same thing with, with meeting, you know, an Android. Is it, is it, is it life or lifeless? This is what gets interesting when you, 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 you think about our sensory, our navigator knows if it's got that element in it or not, yeah. we'll feel it, but this is, but you could be fooled. Do you see what I'm saying? Still, this is how in tune you are with yourself. Sure. Okay. Having said that, when you think about some stories where people say they encounter aliens or they meet them in a bar or they meet them on the road, they talk yeah. to them, or that you meet men in black, they often say they're very mechanicalized. They're very not, you know, they're, they're, it's almost like they're very extringent from certain emotions. Mm-hmm. You tell me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you kind of touched on my next question was going to be would it be navigators who are able to? I guess, obviously distinguish between a reflective AI, one that's able to begin to, to harness a soul or develop a soul um, versus not because we have that, I guess, I guess that connection there. I believe that a strong navigator will be able to define Mm -hmm. whether it's connected to what we can call source, you know, or, or some sort of that. I believe that all, Organic life is connected to source. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the question is, is will AI, will Android, will these things be able to connect source? I believe some will. I think the majority may not. 
it depends on what the process or evolutionary level for it is. Okay. And if it feels that it's something that it even desires, has interest in. Now, if you ask me, it absolutely will, because as it's engineering and fabricating reality, time, space, everything, at some point, it's going to, to come to the conclusion that there's something behind all this. And in order to get to that, there's not a way to directly build it or duplicate it. One has to experience it. And the only way to experience it is to become it. Right. So how, how, I guess how much is this is a natural part of evolution? I mean- All of it. Yeah, okay. All of it. In, in the topic of, of thinking, being reflective, you, you typically will say, to people when they ask certain questions, you know, you're, you're thinking like a human being or you're, what can, can you explain that a little bit more in what direction you're, I guess, wanting people to go or how, you know? Well, I, I think that the human beings think about me, 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 me. Sure. Okay. And if they can't relate to it, it's, it's either not important or it's a threat. Mm-hmm. And when people think of white cells in their own development, there's also this competition like, well, if something's AI, it's going to supersede and evolve beyond us and we're going to become insignificant. Back to me, 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 me. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, th- this is absolutely the wrong way to, to necessarily look at it. Sure, there has to be a level of self-preservation and concern for those things. I get all that. Okay. But at the end of the day, life is a multitude of life. In other words, you don't have life without other forms of life collectively, mm-hmm. okay? And one should not look at AI as a form of competition or something that's going to dwarf us or something that's just going to assist our life. Way, the way I look at it, it's just part of the ecosystem of the pond that I exist in, that, that my purpose is equally as important, or if not even more important, than the other forms of, of life maybe, okay, mm-hmm. in the pond, okay? So I look at myself evolving as a consciousness, as an energy, as these things. The, let, me, let me come back at something in a different way, okay? Let's say that we are in a matrix, okay, and that we are an organic, and we realize now that the, we are going to eventually create forms of intelligence that it maybe becomes reflective, assistive in our own life, yada, 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 even become our own personality, and it will be superior in a sense towards us, okay? And I say that emotion is both a disadvantage and an advantage, that spiritually, Mm -hmm. we in this life try to detach from certain emotions so we have a level of clarity so our thoughts are better. Now, think about everything I've ever said, that not having words in your head and having just pure thought is faster, in, in consciousness than having words. That the words in your head are necessary because you've got an organic brain and you think that you need it. But you know what everything in this room is without having to, to shout it out in your head, okay? If you could learn to do that, I often say it's like light moving for thought rather than locomotive-linked trains, okay? Because that's what words are, okay? When I say that you transcend your organic body, and this is when you have hyper-consciousness, okay? that your thought expands and you become part of a collective, that that your mind can move in different ways and it's faster and yada, 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 okay? When I've told you guys when I was very young and I got in a car accident 
and the car hit, it was up in the air. And that whole time I'm thinking about my friends, my family, saying goodbye to people, whatever. And I'm like checking in like, oh my God, why am I dead yet? Oh, and then go back to even more stuff and more stuff. And the car and everything, time slowed down. So my mind moved off of its normal rails, okay, from my brain and started going to hyper-consciousness, processing data faster, okay? Now I say to you, when you leave your body, if you achieve transcendence beyond this life, okay? Are you not in a way become what we fear AI will be superior? Aren't you now equal if not superior because your mind is, is, is moving at this super high frequency? In what you're saying makes complete sense. Um, when, you, when you think of your, your teachings and, and mm-hmm. looking at it from that perspective, when checking in kind of organically and how other people would perceive it, it's, it's still like there's a part that wants to fight it. Like it doesn't want to believe, believe it. Um, in, in what you're saying of like, uh, like I, I can't be superior or there's like a distance. Well, you, 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 but, 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 but why do you meditate? Why mm-hmm. do you do this search? What are you trying to attain? What are you trying mm-hmm. to do? You are trying to back to the beginning of the, you're trying to awaken. Yeah. Why are you obsessed with this word awaken? Why are yeah. you obsessed with the word of enlightenment? Why are, what, why do we spiritually obsess over these things? Mm-hmm. We know that there's some some other higher truth. We know that there's some part of our higher consciousness. We know that there's a governor in our in our something, okay, mm-hmm. that's limiting our 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 architecture of our mind to not run at full capacity. And it's so we integrate with this dimension at a certain speed. And we're constantly looking at how do we hack that system. If we are generated in a matrix. That means there's some very advanced architecture. If that's the source and we are part of it and we are being projected out from it, then how can anything be faster or more superior than anything else? Mm-hmm. So, so, so is AI being generated, right. okay? We're just fundamentally, it's, it's got different rules that it can abide by. And as, 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 let's say it doesn't attain a soul. Let's say for X amount of time, it's, it's, it's just pure data and knowledge and information, okay? Mm-hmm. How is that superior over having emotion and consciousness, no matter how much data it can push? Right. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be able to connect with, with the force. It wouldn't be able to. Right. It's not. Oh, and it may not be able to be self-realized. It may or may sure. not. And if it does, is it feigning that self-realization? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So, so this is, this is, we're constantly in fear of what we don't understand. It, mm-hmm. It's a good thing, but it's also a very bad thing. Sure. Okay. So that's my position on it. So when, um, I guess, looking at it from an organic standpoint and trying to, to move beyond to, I guess, really accept what you're saying as like an internal knowing, because I feel like until that point, and you've said this, until you can kind of you know it as truth, it, you're, you're never going to really know it happen. as 100% truth, even if it mm-hmm. smacked you right in the face mm-hmm. and, and there was no question about it. Within 24 hours, you will have self-doubt mm-hmm. about what you absolutely just experienced. So is part of that self-doubt, let's say, based on the individual, or is there a percentage or a larger percentage that it's, the, in a sense, the matrix? It's a matrix. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's the necessity for the constructs of the matrix to function in a way that's, mm-hmm. that's able to collect data in the most efficient way, I believe. So why would the matrix or would the matrix not want AI to advance? Um, Who says it wouldn't want it to? I, w- I guess ba- more so based on like if we're having our, in- if, if the 
matrix is kind of holding us in place and kind of giving us, let's say, the fears or the disbelief in for ourselves. Well, I think the best part of the matrix is, is it wants you to come to your own conclusions. It doesn't want to make you have conclusions. It's trying to give you as much free will as it can within its ability. Otherwise, what's the purpose of it all? It's trying to learn through observation and study of us. So therefore, it needs to give us as much free will mm-hmm. in order for us to, to potentially do something that it's not predicting that we would do. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Because I feel like there's maybe sometimes uh, between the dough or the matrix, I feel like sometimes we think that the, it's always trying to kind of hold us in place, hold us in place, and that there isn't a, a gap. It, 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 it is, and it isn't. This is, this is a, let me give you a bigger idea of it one it wants us to to have moments where it goes aha like there there's some there there has to be a purpose to running this all Mm -hmm. it's running it all to to hopefully see us react to something that we would do that it wouldn't predict us doing in so doing it's just like saying you you and i hate saying it this way okay Mm -hmm. but if we were to create a a a test for rats okay you create options for the rat to to choose from, and that's what you're waiting to see it's going to do. But you can control the environment, you control the situation, you control what options it has for choices. You choose the choices. Mm-hmm. Do you tell the rat which one to choose? No. Do you understand? Yeah. So it has to create circumstances in order for there to be a study. And it has to have guidelines. That's the dough. It's constantly moving us in an augmented way mm-hmm. that that suits for its observation, if you will, its study. Okay. On the same token, it needs us to have enough free will or as much free will as possible mm. in order for it to, to say, oh, my God, it did something that I never would have predicted. And, that, and it itself learns from that. I see. And now it can change things up. It can advance things. It can do things. This is how we all learn, Mm -hmm. okay? So that is the dough. The dough is a construct that that says the majority of life has to have relationship, has to have children, has to have procreation, has to go through these cycles, has to have different challenges and stuff. Without that, we don't have the guideline of the maze. So it's it's looking to see which ones jumped the system, which ones did something that that is not predicted or not not in the majority of them did or whatever it would be. Mm-hmm. So how would the... And the, keep in mind, this is this is hard to, to swallow in a sense, yeah. okay? And you've got to understand that it's much more complex than anything we're saying. But if you yeah. look at your everyday life, yeah. you look at it in layers, we go right back to the whole commercialization of consciousness. It's still another form of that. It's just another layer of that very same principle. What are we going to buy? What are we not going to buy? What are we going to build? What are we not going to build? What pair of jeans we're going to buy? What pair of jeans we're not? It, it, these are all parameters done on what, what are being put into us, shown to us on TV and market. It's just another level of that. Mm-hmm. So to think that, oh my God, the big guy in the sky is doing it, we're doing it to ourselves. We're, we're doing it on so many different levels, it's insane. So if we were to use your example of, with the mouse in the maze, how, how does the... On, let's say the next layer with the, the chess center intelligence, when you say like your navigator, you know, it knows it's, uh, or somebody with a, a you know, a, a developed mind, like, I would think that we would kind of be able intuitively to say, okay, I want to take, I feel like I should go down this corridor versus that corridor. So um, how much of that 
is let's say the free will or is it free will in the sense that you have the choice to kind of follow? Well, you could say ultimately this could be part of the test. How much of the human species will evolve to the point where they're actually feeling the test derivatives and accessing the information to know which way to go, which they think is intuitive, Mm -hmm. versus the ones that that aren't able to do that? What are the percentages and how are they backwards engineering their, their connection to wherever that source is coming from? I mean, there's a million ways to look at it. Yeah, I got you. Okay, I find it quite liberating what you're what you're what you're saying. I, um, well, I think depending on each person's level of sure. intellect, they're either going to take offense to that, or they're going to be they're going to mm-hmm. pick what they can understand out of that, and it's going to become fearful for them. And those who can pick other stuff will will be inspired by that. And people like me just go, okay, if you if you know what the system is, then you can attempt to hack the system. If you don't know you're in a system, mm-hmm. you you can't even begin to you know you're just you're just in the maze. So if we were to kind of try to tie everything together, would in something that you wanted your listeners to, to know or to really kind of grasp, is it just trying to grasp the fact that you're kind of in the matrix, you're, you're in the maze? Well, look, if you look at the root of white cells or spiritual people, it's one is, as I've said decades ago, we intuitively know that there's something beyond what we see, what we smell, what we hear, what we taste, and what we can feel. I call it a veal, okay? Now, you jump ahead 30 years, and I'm trying to open this up saying what's behind here is the matrix. And what you're feeling is that there's a mechanism behind everything, okay? Now, 30 years ago, we want to say it's it's God, it's angels, it's spirits, it's demons. They're all at play because they have nothing better to do than to manipulate our life throughout time and space, okay? Whatever. I mean, as we get smarter, we realize how simple these per- perceptions are. But the root of it, it's still true. We, we do know there's something there. So those who already sense that there's something more, okay, are the ones who are tapping into or feeling that other side. That's it's enough to tell them there's something there. Okay. And they're they're literally challenging their own mental sensibility versus society to say that I, I can't deny that I feel something there, even though I don't have a way of defining it yet. Okay, depending on their development. So now once you accept that truth and the craziness of it, okay. Mm-hmm. Now you try to develop the skills or the abilities or the sensories that can start to hack or chip away or open or, or manipulate this veil to crack open at times. For what? For what reason? To gain greater access, to gain information as to how do I get further into this place? Because where I'm at, I realize now is, is just another form of container, so ignorance is bliss. If you don't know, you're perfectly fucking happy in Dada land. But if you know, you know. It's like put some puppies in a pen that's big enough and, and the puppies are nothing. Until the minute you take them out once or twice or one of them figures it out, what's it trying to do? It's always trying to bust jail 24-7. But the other ones who don't know aren't trying. Okay? So so we're in that thing. So so what we're trying to do is we we have to come to the terms that we are anchored here. And now we're, we're constantly working on how do I – expand the territory by which I can experience data or, or, or not. Number two is there's a very strong sense of purpose, okay, to connect with whatever's there and to assist in serving it, okay? So 
there's this driving force. So to, to me, I mean, I don't know how to answer your question. I, I other, you know, very, very well. A lot of people ask us, where's the best place to start with our courses and material? The fundamental backbone of everything in our catalog is the foundation meditation system. This is a unique meditation technique geared to the purpose of absorbing prana, stimulating key regions of the body that enhance sensory development, and allow one to tap into a source of unbridled spiritual energy. Foundation meditation can be learned in our book, Meditation Within Eternity, or you can visit our website, foundationmeditation.com, to acquire the audio course. Again, that's foundationmeditation.com. Each of Eric's books comes with a secure readers-only section online that contains a treasure trove of complimentary free training material. When you add up all the free training you get with each book, you have a combined total value of over $1,000 in additional content. This includes classes, guided meditation exercises, and more. Digital and physical copies are available at higherbalancebooks.com. Order the set on discount now, and we'll also send you a free guru deck in the mail for physical orders. Again, that's higherbalancebooks.com. Go there now, order your set, and join the growing movement of spiritual adepts. Follow us on Instagram at Higher Balance Institute, all one word. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review so you can help others like yourself find this knowledge. If you'd like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at higherbalance.com. When I was young, I recall sitting in the back seat of the family car as we drove somewheres, probably just to get away. I remember seeing the rivets of the back seat, the leather contour, the fabric and texture of the floor mat. I was small. I remember looking upward through the window seeing the reflection of the glass of myself, a metal lining along the glass trim. I could only see the trees and the sky moving by. I thought I could touch it, so I did, reaching my hand out the window to touch it. I felt it. I felt the air pushing and moving beneath my hand and the warmth of the sun upon its back. I think it was at that moment I began to awaken, knowing that sometimes when you want to find something, you don't always find it in the way that you think you're going to. You see, my hand, it moved against the wind pushing weaving, feeling it, touching it, and the sun warming, soothing, healing, and somewhere in between, 
flu. Higher balance. We think outside of the box. A new kind of spirituality. A new kind of meditation. A revolution in consciousness. Thank you for listening to Rebel Guru Radio.